Welcome to Manifestival. And today in a live studio audience in LA, we have Jamie Kern-Lima. She is a serial entrepreneur, creator of It Cosmetics. I'm going to read the bio here in a minute. But what I loved is really connecting with Jamie's spirit and really peeling back the curtain to worthy, the feeling of being worthy to go after your dreams. You're going to absolutely love this episode. Welcome to Manifestable, where you'll receive profound breakthroughs, courage to break old patterns, and live into your soul's purpose. Each week, I will bring you epic guests, live coaching, and manifestation tools to remind you of your power. You have the ability to achieve extraordinary things, and the time to start is now. If you're anything like me, you probably have to turn off the news because it can be way too stressful at times. Actually, I don't really even listen to the news because it is so stressful from one sentence in. (laughs) With everything that's currently going on in the world on top of daily life stresses, it can all feel like it is piling up. You are not alone if you're feeling this. And the worst part is when our bodies experience stress and anxiety, it leads to a laundry list of serious health issues. And the longer we stay in that state, the worse it gets. Now, I can't remove these stresses from your life. That's going to be up to you. But what I can do is help you reduce that feeling of stress and anxiety with my free stress release visualization. Yes, I'm going to give it to you for free. I want to help you out. I do know that there's power in just listening to a visualization, following along to reduce your stress. I'm telling you, it'll take your stress from a 9, 10, all the way down to a 0, 1, or 2. You have nothing to lose. The truth is stress begins in the brain and wreaks havoc throughout the whole body. It causes a whole slew of health issues if not taken care of. But in this visualization, we will speak directly to the brain to help rewire those feelings of stress and anxiety so that they slowly start to melt away, okay? So all you have to do is go to DanetteStress.com and you're gonna download this simple solution right into your phone, right into your inbox. So all you have to do is type in Danette, D-A-N-E-T-T-E, stress.com. Right now, go open up your browser, start putting this in. You'll put in your email. It'll go right into your inbox so that you can start living a more stressful, free life. I love you so much and you are worthy for this. Welcome to Manifestable, where we have none other than Jamie Kern-Lima, who is a self-made entrepreneur, women's advocate, philanthropist, and IT Cosmetics co-founder. She began her entrepreneurial journey in her living room and eventually sold IT Cosmetics for $1.2 billion. She also became L'Oreal's first female CEO in the company's 100-plus year history. Jamie is on the Forbes Richest Self-Made Women's List and is an active investor in more than 15 companies. Passionate about inspiring entrepreneurs, empowering women, and giving back, Jamie is a sought-after speaker and mentor who shares stories of resilience, triumph, and unwavering belief. I am so excited to have Jamie on today because I want to understand what does it take to have the mindset to start a cosmetics company in your own living room to stay with it, to keep going at it. Because let's be real, there are so many cosmetic companies out there and she eventually sold it for $1.2 billion. I also know that she's a huge advocate for her own worthiness, for believing in herself. And I want to understand behind the curtains, what does she do on a daily basis to build that believe it muscle, to build the worthiness muscle that we all strive to have in our lives? This is going to be a juicy episode. I can't wait to dive in. Welcome, Jamie Kern-Lima. And if you want to find out more about her, go to her Instagram at Jamie Kern-Lima and her website, jamiekernlima.com. Welcome, honey. This is fun, guys. Hi, everyone. It's so good to be here. <laughs> and we are honored to have you because I know you're all over the place. You are busy, busy. But I want to ask you, what drives you to your busy? Like, what's in your heart right now that's making you feel this move, this action, this going? Yeah, I, sh- I just have to say, you and me backstage just now, like making eye contact, you're like, I feel something bigger is happening. Some- what's going on? <laughs> I know. And um, so 
I've had a major divine download in my life where I realized that most of the things that were goals or dreams most of my life, I sort of doubted myself out of my own destiny. And I never knew why. And I kept going for things and I'd either sabotage it or not go after it or something. And there were a lot of things I did do and I did go after. And um, there was one major thing, which I'm happy to share if you want. I have yes. actually have never shared it before. We love vulnerability here. <laughs> never shared it before, fully what happened. But it just, the event of it happening sort of transpired in this whole divine download that birthed the book Worthy Ooh, uh, which yeah, is I would a love book to hear about this about building unshakable self worth. So, so Danette, my whole life I have loved Oprah. My whole life, right? Yeah, yep, yep. <laughs> I used to sit in my living room all alone as a little girl, and I would be home alone a lot. My parents worked a lot, and I would just watch her every single day. And I thought one day I want to share other people's stories with the world. I want to do what she does, like all the things. And I had this feeling that didn't make sense that I always felt like I'm going to meet her one day, like kind of that feeling. And I actually like dared to believe it. Like I, I dared to believe it was true, but it didn't make any sense. When, I was just, how old were you when you dared uh, to believe this? Eight. I remember there was a moment, maybe a lot of people listening can connect with this. There was a moment, I think I was eight actually, when she was being interviewed by Barbara Walters. I happened to see this on TV I think and I remember this. Do you remember this? I do remember this because I'm this? also an Oprah person. Okay. <laughs> and, she, and, and and she said to Barbara Walters, she said, I've always felt like I had greatness inside of me. Yes, yes, yes. You remember this? Yes, I do. And then in the press, everyone just started slamming Oprah, like all the, you know, because I think they weren't used to, especially a woman speaking confidently or boldly well, like that. I didn't that. know the press side. Yeah. So the press came out her after that saying, they did. Yeah, like, how like, dare you say you're so great in this? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Or just like, that's such a arrogant thing to say. Or And I think it's because it was just misunderstood. But I remember having this feeling that I didn't know how to vocalize when she said, I've always felt like I had greatness inside of me. I remember feeling like me too, like me, like I feel that. I don't know why or what or how, but I feel that. So fast forward a whole lot of years <laughs> and I eventually met Oprah and eventually, and I'll cut a long story short for this part, but eventually had lunch with her one-on-one -on -one at her house. So, wow. Right. How so, was that? <laughs> insane. <laughs> like almost out of my body thinking like, oh my gosh, like I was praying so hard right before just all the things. I had a four hour lunch with her at her house. And at the very end of it, she gave me her cell number and she said, you can call me anytime. And here's what happened. Four years went by and I didn't call her. Did you even text and say, thanks for the lunch? I, I love the berries. I texted. <laughs> I did text, okay. but I didn't call her in four years. And I kept telling myself stories. You know how our mind loves to make up stories that would say like, oh, I'm, I'm just going to wait for the right thing to say or Oh, you know, I'll wait till I really need a good ask. Yeah. Yeah. Or, and one of the things I thought is she's used to people wanting something from her. So I don't want to be I, that person. I don't want her to think I need anything. And like, there's always some story I told myself until one day, four years later, I realized, oh, I'm not calling Oprah because deep down inside, I don't believe I'm worthy of being her friend. And when that hit me, it was almost like this moment where I got really mad <laughs> at myself and I thought, okay. And when I got still and prayed about it, I was like, oh, my mind is telling me I'm not worthy of being her friend, but my soul knows I'm worthy of being her friend. Like I'm a great friend. You know what I mean? Yes. And it was like, I'm letting my thoughts, my self-doubt, my lack of self-worth talk me out of my destiny, basically. And it was that moment that I picked up the phone and called her. And a couple of things. We ended up teaching a class together this last year. In the middle of the class, she was talking about my book, Believe It. And she had, and out of her mouth came this statement. She said, in life, we don't become what we want. We become what we believe we're worthy of. And if you do not believe you're worthy of something, you can even accomplish it, but you'll sabotage it and lose it. You can manifest it, but then all of a sudden it doesn't quite happen because if deep down inside, you know, you don't truly believe you're worthy of, it won't happen. And so I realized 
that everything I've learned in my life, whether it is how to end an unhealthy, toxic relationship, how to put up boundaries in a friendship, how to believe I'm worthy of having lunch with Oprah or calling her, all of it comes down to building self-worth. So anyhow, after this whole experience, I just had this major divine download and 90,000 words poured out and every single lesson on building self-worth and tool that I know and that I've learned the hard way. And when I really started studying and understanding how when I was a Denny's waitress, did I keep not going after things? And then what is it? What tools did I implement to actually start making changes in my life? And when I was building It Cosmetics, right? It started in our living room and we were, oh my gosh, for hundreds and hundreds of rejections for years. You guys, the hundreds and hundreds of rejections for years. Yes. Like it's important people know this. Yes. And when I started analyzing, I'm like, how did I believe I was worthy enough to keep going? Yeah, what, did right? you, what was that? Yeah, formula? and, and I, I realized, oh, it was at this moment when I started changing my relationship with rejection. Okay, how did I do that? How did I literally assign a new meaning to rejection in my life that had me keep going until we turned all the these no's into yeses. Because when I started that business, it was uh, Sephora, Ulta, QVC, all the department stores, they had said no for years. And it wasn't like, no, come back later. It was like, no. no. (laughs) It's like, do not call. (laughs) Mm -mm, No. And so, yeah, everything's kind of literally (laughs) come into this whole world of worthy. And another big thing that is huge that I think is probably going to be one of the most earth shattering parts of worthy, which is why I wrote the book is because we are in a world and especially a culture, especially in the U S that tells us if we achieve enough, then we'll finally feel enough. And it's a lie. And what I learned is that there's a massive difference between self-confidence and self-worth. And what's that difference? So self-confidence, it's an internal trait, but it can fluctuate. And it's based on things happening all around us. It's based on how we assess our own skills, attributes, how we stack up to others, if we're winning or losing, if we're keeping promises we make to ourselves, are we willing to try and go after it? And our confidence can fluctuate. Our self-worth is rock solid and unwavering. Now, here's the thing. You can have all the self-confidence in the world, right? Because when you look at every advertisement that we see or the things we're taught from being a little kid, like if you get a really good job or you make a lot of money, all the things that we tend to overcome limiting beliefs for, like when we go to, I've done a lot of work my whole life overcoming limiting beliefs. And a lot of times we do it for like, oh, I want to believe I can make this much money or I want to believe that it doesn't matter how smart I am or what my background is. Or We overcome all these limiting beliefs that I'm not smart enough, I'm not this enough or that enough or whatever. And we can build a lot of self-confidence. We can gain a lot of skills. We can have a certain bank account. We can have a certain job title. We can have a white picket fence and three kids or whatever it is for you is that sort of achievement thing. And when you arrive at those things, For most all of us, it still feels like there's something missing. So then we achieve more and we keep trying and trying, trying and trying. And we think it's because we still don't have the next thing or we're not working hard enough that we feel unfulfilled or like something's missing. And it's because all of those things build a lot of self-confidence, but none of them build self-worth. And it is the biggest thing. When I sat at lunch with Oprah, I had already sold my company for a lot of money. I was doing all these things that on the outside would look like She's you know? got to figure it out. Yeah. She definitely feels worthy. Yeah. And, and what I realize now at a granular level is, oh, I was really confident. I had a lot of self-confidence sitting there with Oprah and carrying a conversation for four hours and all those things. But deep down inside, I didn't have self-worth. The best way I can put it is we don't rise to what we believe is possible or even what we can manifest. We fall to what we believe we're worthy of every time. Oh, that's so good, guys. That's so good. Yeah. So that's why I wrote this book, Worthy, because <laughs> it's literally 23 of the tools on like, okay, how do you build unshakable self-worth? So would you say you're like your first person to read the book, to write the book, to work on yourself, and then it's being shared out? Yeah. And, yeah. and just to understand like how to get through these things, because I think like so many of us feel alone and not enough. 
And we sort of like bury those things inside. And then we do, and speaking for myself and so many people now that, you know, my friends, family, people that I've talked with about Oprah, (laughs) all the different people and I've had these conversations. It's like, oh yeah, our whole life, we worked so hard to do the things that build self-confidence, but they're very different than the things that build self-worth. Can you give us one thing that you've taken on to build that self-worth muscle? Like what have Mm. you done I'm going to share mine. I don't usually share, but I'm yes. going to share oh, mine after hear. she shares hers though. Yes. <laughs> okay. Oh my gosh. Okay. Which one do I pick? Yeah. <laughs> so I think a lot of self-worth ties down to deep identity stuff. And one of the big ones actually that you asked me, and I guess I didn't answer, I'll answer now. One of the big ones is we have the power to assign meaning to everything. Every single thing in life is the meaning we attach to it. And so many of us stay stuck because we are afraid of what we perceive as failure or rejection. And it's literally one of the biggest things, self-doubt, fear of failure, fear of rejection that keeps us stuck. And what I learned to do along the way that was life-changing is literally not attach my identity or self-worth to any of that. And I learned to change my relationship with rejection. And so what I mean by that, we can actually do it right now with everybody listening, everybody listening. So be honest with yourself. What is the very first thought you have when you fail at something or get rejected by somebody? The very first thought that you have, right? And a lot of times we're not even aware of it, but the very first thought when you imagine being rejected or failing at something, right? For me, it's, oh, yep, there's proof I'm not enough. Like it's the thought I have instantly, right? For a lot of people, it's, oh, I'm not this enough. I'm not that enough. I suck. I, all the things, right? We think these things to ourselves. Whatever thought you just had, when I asked that question of what is your, you know, the first thought you think of when you fail or, or get rejected, that is your current definition of rejection, That is your current definition of rejection. So that is the meaning you're assigning to rejection or failure in your life when it happens. And a lot of times we do it without thinking, we do it without saying it out loud. But when we, for so many of us, that meaning, that definition is so painful that we will do anything to avoid it, which is why so often we stay stuck. We don't put our work out there in the world. We don't finish the book. We don't share our authentic self on social. We don't ask, can I speak next time at the event? All the things, right? We are so afraid of that painful definition that we've assigned to failure or rejection. And so what I learned to do is to literally write new, powerful, empowering definitions of rejection or failure, ones that I believe to be true in my soul, And I would literally replace them every time it happened. And here's what I mean. In the early years of It Cosmetics, we were so close to bankruptcy so many times. I didn't know how we were going to make it. Like we're, you know, working 100 hour weeks from our living room, just trying to (laughs) keep the lights on. And we were tiny, right? For a long time, we were, me and my husband in the living room, and then our very first employee my best friend of over 20 years. She was six months pregnant when we hired her. We didn't even have benefits yet. (laughs) You're going to trust us on these benefits. (laughs) And by the way, she happens to be here with us recording right now in the room. Jackie, where is she? There she is right there. Oh, that's so cool. (laughs) So It Cosmetics grew to over a thousand employees. We became... So started with three. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) It was so hard. If people saw how it was then, like there's people that, you know, buy It Cosmetics forever, makeup sold now and all the things. And and it's easy to see the headlines in the press of, oh, wow, L'Oreal bought him for over a billion dollars, all the things. But the years of us not knowing, I mean, we would, Jackie remembers this, we would go down to the frozen yogurt shop. I would get all the samples, like so many samples, like eating, eating all the samples. Because and then, you're hungry because you didn't have a that's lot. That's <laughs> right. And then I would buy one ounce in the thing. <laughs> like, right. So we had no money. It was, wow. it was tough. But, but anyhow, there was a series of about three years where it was hundreds of rejections. And a lot of times we get, you know, one rejection or one no or three no's or five no's and we quit. We're like, okay, my gut must be wrong. My gut's telling me to do this, my intuition, I feel it. 
but everyone around me is saying no. And people that are experts that I want to put on a pedestal are telling me, no, it's never going to work. And when so that you happens, had experts tell you, do oh, not yeah. keep pursuing this. This yeah. is not going to happen. Women will never buy makeup from images that look like that. Your packaging's not aspirational enough. Like all the things. I'm like, I want to show my rosacea and real people in all ages and shapes and sizes. And they're like, women will not buy makeup unless you use, they'd always say unattainable aspiration is what we needed to do. And I'm like, I get that that's what's always what been done, yeah. but maybe people are tired of, of, of buying from people that, that don't look like them or connect with them. And anyways, it was three years of, of hundreds and hundreds of rejections. And what I learned to do that I think is life-changing is for a long time, it was like, oh, I'm not enough. I'm never going to make it that kind of thing, that painful thing that we all automatically associate with rejection or failure. But I learned to assign new meanings to it. And I would literally believe them. And you would write it out. You'd be like, this is the rejection. This is the new meaning I'm making of it. Yeah. And it became automatic though. So, and I'd believe it. And it got to the point, Danette, where, and to this day, I got a lot of issues in my life I'm always working on, but one of them is not fear of failure or rejection. <laughs> like awesome. I am fearless with rejection or failure. Like I actually- It became a strength. Yeah, I, I see it as a victory. So that's one of them. There was one moment where QVC said, no, you're not the right fit for us or our customers. And this was one of the most painful no's because I wanted it so bad. And I knew in my gut we we're going to be, and we became the largest brand in QVC's history. But oh, they, said, so <laughs> they said no for a few years. And not only no, you are not the right fit for us or our customers. I remember just being like in so much agony one day over how are we going to survive as a business that I started Googling all of the thought leaders and entrepreneurs that I admired so much. And what I realized is every single one of them has gone through so many rejections. They're just like the brave ones willing to keep going anyway. And so I decided, you know what? Every time I get rejected, it's actually a victory. It means I'm one of the brave ones willing to go for it. And I literally believe that in my soul. It's not a lie to me. Like I believe that in the depths of my soul. So Jackie will remember this. We started getting rejection, rejection. And I would be like, I'm one of the brave. Like, I mean, sometimes it really sucked. And then yeah. you're like, you know what though? I'm one of the brave ones willing to go for it. Like this is a victory. I'm getting rejected because it's a reminder. I'm one of the brave ones willing to go for it. So that new definition helped me build resilience. It helped me not tie my worth to anything happening externally. And we just kept going and going. And it was a number of years between three and six years, depending on the retailer. But every single one of those retailers that was a no was a yes, turned into a yes. <laughs> every single one of them. Another big one, just to give examples, because I, I would love for everyone listening to us to just get a lot of value out of this and like be able to do this in their real life right now. Another one I love is rejection is God's protection right? You could say rejection is the universe's protection. And that one is so true. Like we had potential investors that, oh my gosh, some of the rejections we faced were so brutal and I wanted them to happen so bad. But then years later- Now you're like, I'm glad we don't have God those investors. <laughs> like rejection is God's protection. One of my favorite ones, the last one I'll share, one of my favorite ones, because I just think this has been life-changing for me and maybe it'll be for someone listening right now too, is like, if you've had somebody that just does not love you the way you want them to love you or the way you need to be loved, or you have someone who has just like betrayed you, pulled the rug out from underneath you, maybe a potential job that didn't see your value or didn't you know give you the promotion or didn't even give you a shot. Or for a lot of us, we have friends that out of the blue, even after a number of years, we're like, what the heck? They just disappear or betray us. Different things can happen. One of my favorite definitions of rejection, and I believe this in my core, is sometimes when I have a painful rejection like that, and you can apply this to past rejections, by the way. So like I'll think about someone who broke my heart in the past or things like that. I literally imagine God saying to me, oh, you weren't rejected. I just hid your value from them because they're not assigned to your destiny. Ooh. I imagine that in my core and you can replace God, the universe, whatever your beliefs are. But I literally imagine my creator saying, oh, no, no, you, you weren't rejected. Like I hid your value from them 
because they're not assigned to your destiny. And I believe uh, that. That resonates for <laughs> me. I believe, I believe it with friends. Yes. Right? When a friend, you're just like, I don't get it. Why didn't they invite me to coffee? I don't get it. I, I freaking always show up for them. Like what? I believe God will block your value from people when they are not assigned to your destiny. I believe it in my core. Yes. So, anyhow. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So, so when you have these new definitions, right? And then you catch yourself, that thing we all thought instantly when I was like, what's your first reaction to getting rejected or failure? That first. So we instantly catch yourself. And when you have a little toolbox of your new definitions that you know are true, they can't be like BS where you don't really believe them. You have to really know in your core, like, oh yeah, I believe this, right? And it's just default for me now. Because I I mean, most of us get rejected all the time. At least I do. (laughs) Several times a week, I would say, if someone does something, it it could even be someone just underestimating you on a phone call that you don't even know them and they're treating you like you're you don't know what you're doing or something, right? It could be anything, but I have a just a go-to that I attach a meaning to the situation so then it doesn't really define me. You. Can I ask because... Um, and I want to hear yours, by the way, your self-worth. Oh, I'm like all excited. I'm like all fired up. Yours are really tangible. So you guys see that I have stars on logos. And for me, like if I think of the galaxy, so I like to really think about life. And I, you know, I like to hike in nature and I feel very connected to the animals and nature and stars and the moon and the sun. But when I think of these galaxies and these planets and these stars, and I think of this infinite field, like, come on, like we don't even, we, it's so unexplainable for all of us. Right. And it's so vast and it's so beautiful and it's a mystery. I'm connected to that. So when I like think about that and go, I'm connected to that, then it reminds me if I'm connected to the galaxies, I'm connected to the stars, I'm connected to infinite potential. I'm connected to infinite possibility. And that's what makes me keep going is I have to do, that's my practice. I have to keep connecting back into the stillness of nature and reminding I am this nature. I'm watching this beautiful flower girl. I am that. Yes. Yeah. I'm constantly asked where I find the energy to run three businesses and travel the world all while being a wife and a mom of two. And the truth is there are a lot of tools in my belt to manage my energy, but I have to be really real. One of my favorite ones is drinking cacao bliss. Actually, I am drinking it right now. I like doing it when I have to work because it gives me so much energy. It gives me energy without the crash like caffeine does or like coffee, which totally messes up your adrenals. And it actually taps me into my heart, which makes me feel more connected to source and to source energy. It is absolutely game changing for me. And when I discovered the superfood that cacao is, I knew I needed to bring it to the masses so everyone could experience a healthy alternative to energy drinks, supplements, coffee, whatever it is, so that you have access to a healthy, delicious, amazing chocolatey drink. And that is why I created Cacao Bliss. Now, it's not just raw cacao. It is infused with seven additional superfoods. So it's super amazing for immunity. It has this amazing chocolatey decadent taste with only less than one gram of sugar. So that is insane. So if you want to experience the healing powers of Cacao Bliss, for a limited time only, you can go to earthechofoods.com. You can grab yourself a bag, I suggest two, of <laughs> Cacao Bliss by using the code MANIFESTABLE. This is for all of you Manifestable podcast listeners. Go to earthechofoods.com and use the code at checkout, MANIFESTABLE, and you're going to get 15% off your order. Yeah, 15% off. So go to earthechofoods.com and use MANIFESTABLE at checkout and get 15% off. Now let's get back to the show. Um, can I add one thing to that too? Yeah, I love actually two things. First of all, you're talking about stars all around, and look at look at Danette's eyes. Do you guys see like the literally like the stars and like the sparkle like coming Aww. out? Like you feel it, right? Like you see it. One thing I love that you just said is so powerful. I go deep into this in worthy from a faith perspective, and it's universal whether you believe in any type of faith or God or the universe or just mother earth or whatever you believe, it is, I think, one of the quickest hacks to self-worth because most of us let other people tell us what to believe and who to believe we are. 
And we let things all around us tell us who and what we are and determine our worth. And they're all lies. (laughs) Even the good ones, the bad ones, it doesn't matter because no one else can tell you your worth. But when you're able to connect to what you believe is all powerful and you know in your soul, like you know in your soul, like you're connected to the power of everything. Like when you, what you're just sharing, the stars, the flower, the earth, like for me, and we all believe different things, I'm sure everyone listening, but like for me, it's like, I believe God's word. I believe I'm made in his image. And here's the thing. If you believe, don't make me preach today. If you believe, do it, <laughs> right? <laughs> if you believe and that you're just connected to the stars and the universe and the power and, and, and the beauty everywhere, if you believe, you know, you're made in God's image, either of those, right? If you really believe that, you cannot have self-doubt. You can't actually fail. There's like, it's impossible. You can't even go wrong. You can't even take a wrong turn. Yeah. And if you have self-doubt, that's actually not self-doubt. That's God-doubt. That's believing your thoughts and doubting your creator or doubting the power of the universe. I agree with the creator. Totally. I believe in God and the creator and all of it. Like it's just all together and it's so powerful, but we forget. We We forget. forget. And and that's the thing is like, if you believe this is going to be so exciting. Okay. What you were just saying, right? Like the power, just this, just the power and beauty of the whole world. Like if we're really spiritual beings having a human experience, right? Like when you really believe that, then you can't doubt yourself walking into any room or doubt that you're not qualified or enough for something, right? Because the universe is, is powerful, right? I, I believe God is powerful. And, I, and if I believe his word, then I believe, okay, I have everything I need inside of me like to accomplish my calling on this earth. And if you believe that, then you stop doubting that you belong in the room or belong in your own authenticity, or your own expression of your own beauty or anything else or your talents or your gifts or your ideas. So I think like making that shift is life-changing. Yeah, because then it doesn't matter who walks in your life, who walks out of your life. If it's a no, if it's a yes, if it's a compliment, it's a criticism, it's all irrelevant. It's just information. It's not not your identity. And the yeses are fun, but they don't define you. And the noes really freaking suck, but they don't define you. You know what I mean? And it's all just part of the beautiful journey, but your self-worth is rock solid when you know who you are and whose you are. You know, it's actually, you guys, we, yeah, we should clap. (laughs) (laughs) Because we're all learning, like, yes, we're sitting up here, like going off because I think we're feeling each other's energy. But I guarantee each of us have our moments of questioning and then we have to recourse correct. We have to go, oh, and you always can feel it in your body. Your body's always telling you. And and so I want to just say, it's not that I don't feel this. And it's not that Jamie probably does not feel this. Obviously, she wrote the book. She's writing. We write books to teach ourselves. Let's be really real. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to like ingrain this information that we've been given, but we don't always remember. Books are about remembering. And so just know that it doesn't mean you're not going to get triggered or you're not going to have doubt. It just means how quick can you go back to remembering the infinite light, the potential, the creator within you and the creator that created you. Yeah, so good. Yeah, I feel I still struggle with doubt every single day. I have to actually apply these tools every single day. I also have to build my muscle of learning to hear my own intuition every single day. Like I feel like it's a lifelong journey. Well, what are your biggest struggles? Because no is not. No is like, not. No is not your struggle. But what would you <laughs> say anymore. is, because you, you are a woman, you are a powerful woman that understands energy, no doubt. Whether you recognize or not, you're a very powerful woman. So what area of your life is a struggle right now that you're like, you know what, this isn't my strength and I'm going to take these tools that I've used in these other realms and bring them into this realm? Yeah. So from a real early age, my parents who were amazing, they adopted me the day I was born. They worked a lot. And I now realize that I sort of learned that in order to get them to show up, I had to like achieve something. And so for a long sort of a few decades of my life, I confused achievement with love. And so if I wasn't doing enough, I didn't feel enough. If I wasn't all those things. There's so many people that have said this in the past and I've heard it and I didn't believe it. 
until I went through it, right? How many times do we hear things and we're like, well, that's for someone else. Um, (laughs) But when I finally had built this company to be number one in the whole prestige beauty industry in the US, which was wild. I remember walking into department stores and finally seeing our, our company and after them saying no for years, but it was the the same department stores I used to like save my Denny's tip money to buy one lipstick and it'd be like such a big deal. And so it was just all these moments that I thought if that were ever to happen to me, then I'd be happy. Yeah. Right? Tell us about that. Right. Yeah. And, or <laughs> if I could finally afford for my parents to retire, then, then. I'd be happy. Or if I could finally whatever X, Y, or Z. And this is obviously before I truly learned the difference between self-confidence and self-worth. Now I know all those things build self-confidence, none build self-worth. The power of the universe and the power of God, our creator, none of them like us more when we got more stuff or a better job title or a higher bank account. It's irrelevant, right? But we're in a culture where we believe those things. And so it took me... I'm so grateful. I've had the blessing of having some of these crazy things I could have never have imagined happening happen. And wherever you end up going, you still take you with you. So none of them actually change your level of happiness, right? They create excitement for a minute. They create a spark. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. a spark. (laughs) And then you're like, wait, now I'm back. (laughs) Totally. And they create a lot of other people telling you. How great you you are. Yep. But nothing changes inside until you change inside and they don't change you inside. And so it was a lifelong pattern of that, that I have to remind myself every day it's something I struggle with, to be honest. I think to myself sometimes, okay, I'm so passionate about getting worthy into the hands of every single person. I know this book is going to change lives, all of that, right? And there'll be days where all I want to do is focus on that for 20 hours. And I have a three-year-old and a five-year-old. And I'm like, okay, wait a minute, hold on. (laughs) Am I going back to that pattern of success is this? You know what I mean? Or or achievement is love because it's such a deep neural pathway for, for so many decades for me. And I have to check myself daily. And even with putting something out in the world, with with birthing the book worthy into the world. I have to enjoy it now. I, I need to remind myself, I to should say, to enjoy it, yeah. <laughs> to have fun, to feel that it is enough exactly as it is. Like, like knowing the intention behind it and that's the beauty and the power of it versus the things a lot of our friends will call and say, hey, did you hit a bestseller list? Or hey, you know, all the things that people around us tend to, the world tells us to value. So it's a daily check for me. Achievement doesn't equal love. Love equals love. Yes. Oh, thank you for that vulnerability, truly. Because I mean, we're all, we all have our things that we're working through. And that's what I wanted to ask. Like, I want to ask about French. So you guys, I'm getting a little personal because obviously, you know, we can look at individuals and be like, oh, they've reached here. And I just want to ask because it feels like when, if you get here, do you ever wonder who your really true friends are? Mm. Yeah. Or do you feel like the ones that took you along that path are the true friends? Are you open to truer friends beyond? Because I mean, is there a trust stuff that comes up with that? Right. So the day that our company sold to L'Oreal, we found out the night before they were going to disclose the purchase price. We didn't know they were going to. And a lot of my friends and family thought like, she's probably doing okay, but no idea. Yeah. And if you hear, oh, we sold to L'Oreal, most people don't even ask you how much, only the close friends. But or if like, they're going to disclose that even mean? the amount. Yeah. 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 And so <laughs> the day that it happened, they announced the purchase price. So all of a sudden, it's all over the, like, the homepage of the Wall Street Journal everywhere. And that was a thing because I had a lot of, you know, friends I went to high school with would reach out and say, can you pay my mortgage? No, they and really just did. All, oh yeah. All kinds of stuff out of the woodwork. And then people upset if you don't and all those kind of things. Most of my close friends and family, nothing changed except people have the own meaning they attach to. Someone must be a certain way if they have money and their own deep seated belief about that can impact them actually distancing themselves because maybe they now feel like they can't relate, even though you haven't, nothing's changed. Like, you know what I mean? And, and so it's just all these complex layers that I watched happen with some people 
all of a sudden assume I'm more busy than I am. And then they don't call because they think I'm busy. (laughs) Just like stuff like that that's so random. But most of my closest friends are the exact same. Jackie, who's in the room, who I was a waitress at Denny's and she was a waitress, a way nicer restaurant. And that's when we met across the street. (laughs) Jackie was living the high life. She had the better waitress job. (laughs) She had steak and baked potatoes, a really nice steak at her restaurant. Um, (laughs) So a lot are the same and a lot are new. And, And I think, you know, we all grow and change every single one of us our whole lives. And whether someone who is a friend of ours because they now think we have some type of success or it's really no different than someone who's your friend because you're their colleague, but then when you go in different directions, they're not anymore or you're their boss. And then you realize later, oh, <laughs> I thought we were friends and I guess we're not. You know, it's, it, it happens to all of us. But, yeah. you know, I pray every single day, you know, God bring the right people in my life and have the wrong ones leave. Like I say that when you prayer, just trust it too. I trust it, even when it hurts. And even when it's, whether it's an employee that I feel like jumped ship for a competitor or whatever back in the day, or, or just a friend or anything or, or someone, you know, I trust that prayer. And I think we attract in friendships and relationships also what we believe we're worthy of. Oof. So for me, it's a lifelong journey of learning how do I actually love myself, believe I'm worthy, believe I'm of value, believe I'm whole. And I know that the better I am at that, the the more beautiful, yeah, friendships and relationships come. Yeah, the rest will just fall in perfect harmony. That's really cool. Is there a question that, because you get interviewed probably a lot or go on, whatever, and you're probably talking to people a lot. That's an assumption. (laughs) Is there a question that you wish someone would ask that they don't? That you're like, that would be a good question if you would ask me that, but no one's doing it. Yeah. I mean, I actually would love, this is the the truth, the real raw true answer is I would love to know from you, Danette, just like in your life, like what are the hardest things that you struggle with every day and, and how do you work on overcoming them also? Wow. That's you're really, really about. genuinely. Yeah, I think, a million percent. You know how we were talking with Topeka earlier and she talked about resiliency and curiosity She's talked about resiliency in her life, and now she's asking me a question in curiosity. I think she's this epitome of optimistic, what we were just talking about. She just was saying optimism is resiliency and curiosity, and you embody that so beautifully. Like, I'm just in witness of it right now, of you talking about your resiliency, and then you just did a question to me, which you turned the tables. <laughs> no, I would love to know, too. I just think you're so powerful and beautiful. And part of it's just like watching the light coming from your eyes in person. You yeah, know what I mean? I feel so I'm just your like so fascinated. <laughs> you what? I feel something with your eyyes, too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I always am like looking in people's eyes, and these women know because they're in these higher level healing experiences that I do, and I like look into people's eyes and I'm like I feel like I can I can decipher things so I do that so with that'll be enough set for here for my biggest challenge it's been I haven't obviously sold a company for a billion dollars but it's irrelevant in the fact that when you achieve whatever someone thinks is success for me and my business it was the email list or the community which is a lot of you right or I don't know whatever they deemed as successful I felt kind of like I didn't know who true people were in my life. And I've noticed that that's something I have to really work on is being really in love with myself in my nothingness. And it's kind of something similar to what you said, but in my nothingness and in my everything and being okay with all of it and knowing that the right people will be there that have true hearts. And if the ones don't have true hearts, I'll It'll come, but it's okay. It's like, because I get my feelings hurt really bad. And I don't, I take it really sad if someone is using like, or, or trying, but that now I've learned to just kind of be like, you know what, just give it. And it doesn't take away from me and it doesn't take away from them, but it is a journey that I've had to really navigate. And I know something big's coming. I know something's big coming for you too. And I'm like, who are my core people? Because you, we all know you only go so far. Your core people are everything. And it doesn't have to be big, but it's, and we also talked about that. There's now proof around happiness. Your core people are very, very important. And I value those people so much, but sometimes they don't always stay or maybe it's too much or I don't know. So that's where my challenge is. 
that's so good. And that's so true. Your core people. And the one thing is that I always believe when someone leaves, okay, God in my value from them <laughs> because they're not a sign of my destiny. And I try to have a piece in that. I wrote a whole chapter in Worthy called Circle or Cage. And it is about, are the people around you a circle or a cage? <laughs> and really like thinking about that and thinking it through. And there's a lot of research out there, but also a lot of thought leaders that talk about, and this really, you can apply this to anything from just bliss, joy, peace, or career or anything you want to apply it to. But there's a lot of research, but also thought leaders that talk about how your level of worthiness and also success, however you define it, is almost always a direct reflection of the level of expectations of your peer group or your circle or your cage. And a lot of us by default will stay with the people that we're sort of born into with, or for some of us, it could also be chosen family or friends that have been in our life forever. And sometimes they don't grow with us. And what I mean by that is, is really more emotionally and with expansive thinking. And a lot of us who and this probably applies to so many people listening right now to us, but that I think I have an inkling that if you know Danette May, <laughs> you probably are an expansive thinker. And a lot of us, and I would put myself in that category as well, I think I'm an, and I think a lot of times when we start to question things or, or think expansively or manifest expansively or, or believe expansively, we find ourselves in situations often where we're the only one in our family doing that or the only one in our peer group or in our coworkers or the friends we were raised around or whatever it might be. And we find ourselves in this dilemma of like, well, I love these people and also I'm shrinking who I am and dimming my own light to belong. And it's a tough spot to be in because we all crave love and belonging. By the way, a lot of us find ourselves this way in, in marriages and in relationships. So it's this dilemma too of, okay, circle or cage. And one of the things I talk a lot about in this chapter in Worthy is just how I've had to really hone in who's my, my real inner circle. And it doesn't mean that we're like-minded or that we believe the same things or vote the same way or love the same way. It doesn't mean any of that, but it means that we're like-hearted. Like not like-minded, but like-hearted in that we believe in being fully authentic and just like loving each other unconditionally and celebrating each other's wins, calling each other out on our BS when we're like, oh, woe is me, I, or, or I'm not enough or whatever, you know, the crap. And that's the inner circle. And then there's people I love and I, I love them dearly, but I know when I'm around them for very long, I start shrinking and dimming my light and all those things. But they're people I love and I'm, I'm, I don't want to get rid of them in my no. life. And so they're more of my outer circle. And then I really try to pay attention to like, who is a real friend and who's a deal friend, right? Because you get people- Real and deal. I love <laughs> You that. get people that are like, <laughs> Willers oh. and dealers. <laughs> yeah. They're like, oh, I'm launching a makeup company. Can you help me? And then you help them. And then the second they're not doing it anymore, you never hear from them again. Okay, that's a deal friend. You know what I mean? And it, you just kind of, whatever that version looks like. And- those people, I don't, you know, I'm like, okay, they're not part of either circle. And then you have people when you're around them. Oh my gosh, I write a lot about emotional residue. Like, you know, when you eat Cheetos and you get orange on your finger yeah. or you like, you drink a blue Slurpee and you got blue tongue, that's like colored residue, but there's emotional residue. When you're around people that are like a cage and not a circle, like you leave and you're just like, you feel this emotional residue on Cheeto, you. Cheeto body. <laughs> a lot of us get this around the holidays when we're, you know, all the things. And it's just really paying attention to that feeling. Like you started this conversation also by talking about how our body feels it. Our body knows it, right? You feel emotional residue. And so I'm trying to really, you know, continue to do a better job of feeling that and then going, okay, that also feels like a cage, not a circle. Yep. <laughs> so, so that's someone that I'll love more from a distance. You know what I mean? And, and I think that's just so important. And I think that you're just, I believe we're curating this our whole lives. Yeah. We're yeah. learning, we're growing, we're yeah. evolving for yeah. sure. All right, you guys, I'm going to ask you the final question. We are so grateful you're here. Grateful I love asking people this question because I really want the guests to think about 
one sentence or one word that if it was the last thing you could say to, and let's imagine millions and millions of ears and that auditory thing that you decide to say is what? Amen. Ooh, thank amen. you. <laughs> thank you. I remember the, this last five years I took care of my mom who adopted me and she became so ill. She couldn't walk. And I, I used to dread working out. And now I'm like, oh, wait, I get to. I, I actually can. I can get like, thank you. Like, amen. When I wake up in the morning, it's like my prayers, like, thank you. And I think amen just means thank you. Because I think that, yes, life is hard. Yes, we all deal with stuff that's, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, every single one of us, you, me, every single one of us has deep pain in our life right now in different forms. And we almost can never see it from the outside. So I don't for a minute take that for granted. And I also know that if we're breathing, like we're a miracle in motion. And I believe exactly what you and I talked about. And I believe we're, we're connected and we're all part of the same divine power. And that is it. this life in its ups and downs is a gift when we learn to believe we're worthy of all the gifts, that's when it becomes fulfilling. So amen. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the show today, you guys. And all the information, as you know, will be in show notes. And we're so grateful to have Jamie here. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Here's the truth. 33% of adults overeat due to stress and difficulty sleeping. And stress and lack of sleep leads to overeating. But what if I told you there are some powerful superfoods that can help reduce stress, help you sleep better, and make you feel more satiated? Allow me to introduce you to Golden Superfood Bliss by Earth Echo Foods. Golden Superfood Bliss is jam-packed with 12 powerful ingredients that crush hunger cravings and help relieve stress, making it the most potent and effective product of its kind on the market. For a limited time only, Earth Echo Foods wants to give you 15% off Golden Superfood Bliss and your entire Earth Echo order by using the code MANIFESTABLE at checkout. Go to earthechofoods.com earthechofoods.com and use the code manifestable at checkout for 15% off your order. Again, that's earthechofoods.com and use the code manifestable at checkout for 15% off your order today.